I discovered all of this because my son is actually interested in getting a, a vending machine business. The idea of not having employees, having something that can create reoccurring revenue. He wants to stock it, but depending on where these locations are, he may or may not be able to do that. You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. When I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing in commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20-year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, it's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation, and I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies, and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversations, and these amazing passive wealth principle lessons. Welcome to the Passive Wealth Principles, What I Learned episode, that's just with me. Jake Harris. I'm the host and I'm the only guest. I actually get to talk about the things that I just learned on this podcast um, or the podcast episode with Mike Hoffman, Mr. Passive. I said it on the intro of the other one. I'm a little bit jealous that he was able to grab that tag and that handle. What a clever handle, Mr. Passive. So that's what he shares out there, I think, on Twitter and some other areas. And maybe his, his website, I believe, is mrpassive.com. So Mike Hoffman, his... Um, had a great uh, introduction to to you know vendingpreneur business and and uh, vending machines. He actually started as a regular investor. He was working in um, personal training and fitness for you know collegiate athletes, and he was working a lot of hours, making not a lot of money, and he wanted to get out of the rat race. And so then, even though he was working tons of hours you know, nutrition and physical fitness and human optimization, you know, he was grinding. So he started investing into properties, making little bits of incremental cash flow on, you know, cheaper single family rentals. And um, he realized that, you know, it was still a lot of effort and a lot of work and it was unpredictable. And so he had kind of uh, fallen into this vending machine business. It was something that had a little bit of uh, a nugget that he was trying to, you know, track on. He called an apartment complex where a lot of the uh, ath athletes, you know, lived that they were training. He and his wife, or his wife at the time, uh, and you know what they said. Sure, we'd love for you to put a vending machine with healthy options in there. And it was kind of like that was the start of his journey. Like he didn't have a business plan. He didn't know how to figure, you know, and he just went to Google and was like, where do I get a vending machine? How does this work? So the trial and error process that he has then now iterated and been through now that's growing into multiple, multiple vending, you know, locations. I think he's up to 14 or 15 and then including many micro markets, micro markets 
or something that's completely new to me. And it's really, you know, let's say it's, it's glorified self-checkout. It is, uh, a cashierless, uh, option to buy. So you're not having to go through a traditional vending machine. You have cameras, you scan the stuff, you pay for it, and then you're out. Uh, that is, you know, kind of the option in, uh, in total. And that works really well for some particular areas. Uh, think about that in a, maybe an employee lounge, uh, that has cameras, that has and knows who these people are. Now you have a retail store and it's stocked uh, and stocked on time and with you know, many different options of products. Uh, it is a way for an employer to offer some services uh, or you know, you know, produce or whatever it is, but not have to get involved in it. Think about that also as now these apartment complexes. Apartment complexes are amenitizing you know, like crazy. I think there was a you know, they can get cryo, you know, chambers and golf simulators and pool tables and all these other things to try to drive very high rents because they're very, you know, well amenitized locations. So uh, that is like, why would they not want a micro market or something that's a step up from these modern vending machines? The modern vending machines are also something that has evolved over time. You can track them using technology and connecting to cell services and using credit card machines and you know track your inventory real time as someone's buying it versus the old school machines. You had to go buy and check them and look at them and see product and see if product was there. You you know then knew how many quarters you know were in there, but you didn't necessarily know if people were uh, buying that real time. And so smart vending machines versus dumb vending machines. These are some of the things that technology is, you know, radically transforming the vending industry. All I discovered all of this because my son is actually interested in getting a, a vending machine business. The idea of uh, not having employees, having something that can create reoccurring revenue. Uh, obviously, he thinks, you know, or he wants to stock it. Um, but depending on where these locations are, he may or may not be able to do that. His employees or his service thing may be dad driving him or mom or some combination of that. But ultimately, he can land as having an employee that stocks these things on a weekly basis if he's able to leverage those. And that's what Mike gave some insights on. So he talked about this is like every Friday, he has a certain amount of product that is being shipped to his house. And then every Monday, he has a person that comes in and stocks all of his vending machines. And it takes him a half a day. He's got 14 locations. He says it takes about 30 minutes per um, to stock these locations. And so in a, in a half a day, you know, he can stock all of these locations and he knows what to put and give to that person based on the technology. And so now it is something that is, he's been removed from the equation of doing, and he can focus on other aspects. So for Mike, he actually has a program. He helps teach people these things. He helps leverage them into a community uh, and then use some of these lessons that he has had to learn through trial and error. And so I think that is a fascinating way in which many people could gain some advantage of seeing what is going on in the vending machine industry. Hey, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk about something I get asked about quite a lot. Who does my social media video edits? Well, lucky day, I'm going to share that now. It's 
Fat Unicorn Media. Whether you're in real estate or not, Fat Unicorn Media is super clever with some very exciting video edits on the short form video content. And they specialize in it for real estate professionals. They know how to talk like real estate pros because that's exactly what they do as their niche specialty. If you're looking to elevate your video content and social media game, visit them at Fat unicornmedia.com and book a free 15 minute call to see if they can help you too. It's been a game changer for me. It's freed up so much of my time. They are literally the who, not the how. I believe it'll work for you as well. Thanks to Fat Unicorn Media for sponsoring today's episode. And now back to the show. And obviously, there are certain components about the vending machine industry that technology is continuing to iterate. So it's not just these modern machines with tracking. There's now robotic, you know, machines that are making, uh, you know, pizzas. They're, you know, with hot ovens that are spitting those out. There's, you know, coffee machines, a robot arm in San Francisco that is, you know, making uh, coffee, hot coffee that's mixed in lattes and espressos because it's got these formulas just as if it is a barista. Um, these machines are obviously more expensive, but what's interesting, and we didn't necessarily dive into it, but like the equipment manufacturers will help you finance those if you have a good location. So a good location can actually inform of how much revenue you potentially can make off of that location. And that's where the biggest like aha moment for me and the reason that I brought Mike onto the show was we were actually headed down a path of of making an error or, or an initial problem, making it more challenging and, and more difficult for us. So we were planning to go buy a vending machine off of Facebook or Craigslist, taking that vending machine and then going and trying to find a location. So what Mike, he shared some insights was like, hey, most people that reach out to him, knowing that he does vending machines, they ask him like, hey, w- w- you know, I'm trying to get into the vending machine business. And he asks like, where's the, what's your location? Tell me more about it. What's the mix? How many employees? What do they want to, you know, to drink or to buy or to, you know, uh, to consume? And he, they often tell him, well, no, I have the vending machine that's in my garage. I bought a used machine off of, you know, Craigslist. And he's like, well, If you don't know what that location is, then it's hard to figure out what to stock or what's the right machine. So then what if you do, if you land the location first, land, you know, you know how many employees are going to be there. You understand, you know, the kind of the makeup of those employees or those tenants in that apartment complex or whatever. Then what that that does is tell you what kind of machine you could put in that location that's going to drive the most you know, profitable revenues for your business and your vending machine business. He even gave some insights uh, that I thought were some solid nuggets. For instance, you know, uh, athletic, you know, dorm or uh, an apartment, you know, the Celsius's and the Yerba Mate's and other, you know, energy or clean energy type of drinks uh, sell much better in that location versus where grad school and maybe there's some more, um, you know, 35 year old, uh, you know, at least that's what he says, 35 year old grad students that are international that are trying to get their, their master's degree. They want diet Cokes and, you know, peanut M&Ms. 
So again, same campus, same college, but because of where they were placed, they sold different things. You put Celsius or you put Urban Mate and the other machines in the grad school part of it, and they don't sell at all. You can't even keep them in stock in the athletic, you know, energy drink, uh, you know, consuming side of it. And so again, the location informs what the product is that you're going to go into that location. So those are the little nuggets. And then he gave another great little piece of insight, which I think is, is great is the psychology of pricing. And by doing this, you can actually drive higher profit margins. And so for instance, he might list a $4 monster energy drink and then put it right next to it, a rock star at 375, knowing that his rock star profit margins are significantly better because he's able to buy them at a cheaper price. And so his margins are better on the rock star, but because he's priced it and priced the monster higher, the fact that it's a little bit of a discount that drives more sales. I see this happening a lot in retail and restaurants and other things is, you know, how and where you put your pricing also will help inform or drive some of the, that psychological decision. And this is something that, you know, you can find out a lot more in behavioral economics economics, you know, why we make the decisions, why are we predictably irrational? And part of vending machines is convenience. That is a huge, huge thing. And I am really, really excited. This is something that uh, I'm going to try to bring some more people on around in this space, obviously, uh, for my own son's sake is to like learn some of these little nuggets uh, around this vending um, world. But it's also transforming cold brew and ice cream machines, pizza machines, robotic stuff. That's really, really fascinating. I think it is a, is a wild opportunity for people that want passive income, passive wealth, and then leveraging it by getting some of these locations. So again, this was a passive wealth principles. What I learned episode, if you want to find out more insights on passive income, passive wealth building, you know, sign up for our newsletter. Our newsletter comes out every single week. You can sign up to it at passivewealth.com. Uh, you can find it in lots of other areas, but that is the easiest way. Passivewealth.com. You sign up for it and we give nuggets of information about this and other investing criteria, not just uh, vending machines, but uh, real estate, uh, diving into cost segregations, how to save money on taxes, a lot of those things that are incredibly valuable for people that are looking to buy back their time, but also just stop trading time for money. So this has been another exciting and fantastic and fun episode of Passive Wealth Principles. Check you on the next one. Check out PassiveWealth.com. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at Jake.RealEstate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and grab the book there as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.